good morning, friends. Good morning, good morning. No matter how deep into the depths we go, Christ goes even lower to catch us and to love us and to bring us back to life because Christ is life. And uh, good morning. How is everybody? You guys all right? Good. Welcome. You are part of the, the ever creeping back into church September contingency that will lead us back into the fullness of the building in October. Hopefully sooner. Hopefully much, much sooner than that. But we welcome you. We welcome you if you're with us online today. We say hello to you and we say, um, as we do each week, we'll be receiving communion together. So make sure um, that if you haven't already done so, that you get some bread and some juice and we'll receive the elements together uh, as a church community. Um, and if you're at home, you can look at all that's happening on our Facebook page or on ccmonline.org. And we say hello and welcome. All right. So our call to worship this morning. Um, you can read with me. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the compassionate one may come in. Who is the compassionate one? The beloved, strong and steadfast. The beloved, firm and sure. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up. O ancient doors, that the compassionate one may come in. Who is this compassionate one? The beloved heart of your heart, life of your life. This is the compassionate one. Amen. Can we just take a moment and um, however you can best kind of calm and bring peace to your body, whether it's closing your eyes. Maybe you want to stay standing or you want to sit. You can raise your hands. You can put them in your lap. Whichever way, let's just take a deep breath and let's breathe in the newness of God in this morning. And let's breathe out the difficulties of this past week. Thanking God for this new day. Let's breathe that in. And let's breathe out even the goodness of this last week. Knowing that what God has for us can exceed even what we thought was wonderful from last week. And let us rest in the presence of our God. Let's rest knowing that promises aren't for things, promises aren't for words that may have been written, but the promises are for God to be with us and to transform us when we ask to be transformed. Promises are for us to be able to grow when we are in the presence of God. So we're grateful today. And let's just for a few moments, let's rest in the silence. God, we thank you for the goodness of this new day. We thank you for the goodness of this season. We thank you for the goodness of the voices of children and adults alike. And we thank you, God, that you are doing a new thing in us. That your mercies are new this very morning. And we love you. And we give you thanks today. Amen. 
So today, as we prepare our hearts for communion, I wanted to pray um, a bit of a, a new liturgy with you. And um, if the uh, communion team even wants to come up, that's going to serve. They can do that now or they can wait. Either way, I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> but I do want to pray with you. And, um, and I hope that you'll follow along with me where it says all. Again, I'm not the boss of you, but I think it might help. So let's begin and let's pray. Let us be glad and praise the Lord with shouts of joy. For God's light has come and glory has risen upon us. Let's pray this together. Glorious and merciful God, we praise you and we thank you that you did not leave us in darkness. You did not abandon us to our sin. You did not reject us when we faltered, but you led us out from the darkness and into your marvelous light. We thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you. Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, King of Compassion. Let's hear once again the story of the hopeful meal. When Jesus knew the time for his death had come and the darkness was gathering around him, he shared his meal with his friends. Taking the bread, he gave thanks, and then he broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this whenever you eat it to remember me. And let's respond with this. We thank you, Jesus, for the broken bread. And then after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. Then he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is a new covenant and forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it to remember me. And together let's say, We thank you, Jesus, for the cup. And so now as we prepare our hearts and we eat this bread and drink this cup, We proclaim that Jesus' life was not extinguished. We proclaim that Jesus' body was not held by the grave. And we proclaim the hope that we have found in him. And together let's say, and we will keep doing this until our hope is fulfilled. Amen. Amen. So now if you'd like to stand and you're able, our ministry team, community team will be serving up from up front. As always, we do have the cup of the bread and juice in the back as well. But let's come and receive the elements together. Please let my children seek Jesus. Amen. This prayer is for Justin, Nicole, Caden, Corbin, Katie, Amber, and Lily. Praise you, Lord, for answered prayers. Open eyes and touch hearts. Prayers for everyone suffering with anxiety, depression, and addiction. For healthy relationships. Prayers for my husband's pain.
pray for the students' and teachers' safety, also for our dog when he went to heaven. Please heal Barb and Tori from their horrible colds and give them peace, Lord. God bless my great aunt as she is going through the loss of her husband. That my mother feels better. Pray for peace and transitions and growth. Guide our hearts in the process. Lord, we pray that as we wait for answers, that we can marvel in your wonder. Hope is remembering the grave is empty. Lord, we pray for all who loved our number 17, Jack Snyder. Prayers for healing over Tracy, Lord. Prayers for all who loved our heart. Prayers for Helen, who has pancreatic cancer. Carolyn, who has a rare and immune disorder. Please play, please pray for the Shaffron children. them in the oh, uh, may God keep them in the palm of his hand and draw them close to him I pray for kindness Lord I pray that my friend is okay she's been through a tough time prayers for Penelope who's missing find a path to healing and prayer for Crossroads to keep up with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for these prayers. Thank you for healing. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for saving us. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, Christ in us, the hope of glory, everybody. Hope, hope, hope. So we aspire to know God more and more each day. I don't know how you've come in today, if you've known God for your whole life, or if this is your first time just saying, I'm going to try to come through these doors today. Just know that each and every day that, that you allow Christ in your heart, the more that that hope becomes real. And so I hope that that hope becomes more and more and more real to each of us today and every day. And we should, I hope, can say amen. Amen, amen. It's not always easy to say amen, but we sure do try. So can we pray? Let's pray for our offering if we're able to give today, and let's pray for our kids as they're preparing uh, to go upstairs to Kids Church and have uh, just an amazing time in their service. So let's pray. God, first of all, we pray for the kids and for the teachers and all the assistants today, knowing that your love uh, is going to be made so much known and so alive to the children today as they learn and grow and develop and, and create crafts and just have fun. So we pray that you bless them, protect them, 
and uh, guard them and help them to grow in a deeper way today. And just as much, God, we, we ask that you help us to grow and to be transformed more into the image of Christ today. And God, as we give into this offering to do the work that you have for us to do here in, in this region and throughout the world, God, we pray that you multiply it. And God, that you would bless uh, each person and each family that is going to give into this offering. And it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we pray today. Amen. Kathleen, why don't you stand by us and give us those next steps news? Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate to interrupt the dance party. It's awesome. Maybe we should just have a dance party this morning. <laughs> Feel free to dance while I share the announcements with you today. Uh, just, just wanted to let you know that uh, tomorrow is our food pantry, which is a great day around Crossroads where this room turns into a grocery store to serve those um, who need food throughout the week in this region. So if you can volunteer, we need volunteers today after service to uh, set the room. We also need volunteers tomorrow. So if you're able to do that, meet us here tomorrow at six o'clock for volunteering. And speaking of food pantry, you know that we've been, um, we have been in the midst of a fundraiser trying to cover the cost for the food pantry every month. And look at, look here. Now that deserves a, a clap, right? So our expenses last month were $1,484 and all of you have given $1,900. So that has been covered, which is awesome. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please stop at the Next Steps kiosk after service because we have um, a little QR code like that where you can give to the food pantry throughout the month um, or every month if you'd like to. Also want to let you know, CRTR, we have a retreat, so save the date, October the 7th. Uh, it's a time for you to connect with God, to get away uh, for yourself, so save that date. More details will be coming. And then what is next? Oh, all church tailgates. So we have a tailgate. Woo-hoo! Yeah. We can't wait for that. So that's a tailgate. Everyone is going to bring their own lunch, bring their own chairs, and right after service, we're going to go out in the parking lot and have, and hopefully it'll be a day like today, okay? And then summer great togethers. If you've been a part of a summer great together, raise your hand and shout. Haven't they been awesome? Yes. All right. Well, you have two more opportunities. One today, play wiffle ball at Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire's house. After service today, uh, it's a um, it's a potluck, so you bring your own lunch and play some wiffle ball or watch wiffle ball. And then on Wednesday, you have the opportunity to jam or listen with Joe and Laura Pelly. That's in Marshall. So if you want interested in that, you can sign up at the table at the kiosk or in the foyer. One last thing I was asked to announce is that today is the very last day to sign up for the youth um, outing. So if you have a middle school or high schooler that might be interested, Stacy will be around after service. You can talk with her if you have more questions. Thank you. Thank you. Big finish. Ready? Stand by me. You know that when you were a little kid, that your body just moved to the music without your permission. Yep. Know what I'm saying? And then the older we get, we start telling our body it doesn't have permission to move to music. 
So just, you know, turn the music way up at your house and just boogie down, baby. And uh, boogie, boogie down, baby. Come on, Jeff, boogie. You gotta boogie down. Yeah. It's good for you. That was one of my assignments from my trauma therapist. Claire, you need to dance every day. And so I do, I'm obedient. Yes, well, come on, stand with us for the reading of the scripture. We were so happy that when we came home and discovered what the lectionary passage in the gospel was today, that it just kind of came out of nowhere and said something it's never said to us before. And so that is the reality of God's word being fresh and new. So let's all open our hearts. Let's open our minds and our strength to God, that we would love you today, God, with all our heart and all our mind and all our strength, and that wherever we're weak today, oh God, would you bring what only you can to nourish us, to heal us, to sustain us, that we would hear your voice, that we would follow you and love you all the days of our journey home. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit who lives in each of us. Amen. 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 Are you all ready? Now, you can read it or you can hear it. And so allow these words to just come from God's heart into your heart. If your brother or sister sins against you, Go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you're listened to, you've regained that one. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Excuse me. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. I am there among them. That is so powerful, isn't it? Let's just take a moment in the silence. And allow whatever stood out for you that you want to say, thank you, God, or I wonder about that, God. Help me, God. This is God's word for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, you guys can go ahead and be seated. You know, here, here is what we started asking each other as we read the lectionary, because we're talking about marriage today, and we thought, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
we went back and we said, well, that's really interesting. Would you look at this? You know, my, this is my closest neighbor. I'm your closest sister. Yes. And you're my closest brother. Yes. Right? Yes. But we're not brother and sister. No, that'd but be weird. We are. That'd be really that'd be weird. weird. But that'd we be, are. This is not that kind of church. Yes. <laughs> it's good really to be home. Good to be home. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that we talked about was first you go to the person. Everybody say, go to the person. Go to the person. Right. Then there's this invitation around taking one or two other people to help you out. And if that doesn't work, then head over to the church and see if they have any pastors or therapists that might help you along. Um, some people have used the scripture to stand people up in front of churches and shame them. And can we just say, oh, not on my watch. Not today, Satan. Now, this is about community helping. This is about wherever two or three are, we've got power. Mm -hmm. We've got help. We've got our help is in the name of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And when we need help, help is on the way, right? And it might come through a pastor. It might come through your sister, your brother. It might come through a therapist. I get lots of people who ask me, can you recommend a Holy Ghost-filled therapist? And I say, oh, yes, I have several I can recommend. So that people that honor your psyche, they honor your emotions, they honor your body, they honor you being made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. So we just started to say, how might this passage show us the nature of Christ and not the nature of people who've done harmful things to other people? by standing them up and shaming them in public. How might the nature of Christ be formed in us, and how could we be taught a pattern for reconciling relationships? Everybody say, and. And. When relationships are irreconcilable. Because there are unsafe relationships that are irreconcilable. So having said that, then we get to ask the question, so how did Jesus treat the Gentiles and the tax collectors, right? Because it says, this is what you do. You turn them, you know, you turn to them like you would a tax collector or a Gentile. I just want somebody who knows how Jesus treated tax collectors and Gentiles to say a word. How, what, give me a body posture of how Jesus was with tax collectors and Gentiles. Yeah. Right? Like the whole, all the gospels are full of Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and Gentiles. So we could use those words to shame people too. Like, oh yeah, turn them over to the tax collectors and the Gentiles. And, you know, you're like, wow, you know, Jesus was always seeking every one of us. Well, one of the beautiful things that can be missed in the scriptures, it's written by Matthew, who was a tax collector. So he had firsthand knowledge of how Jesus relationally treated tax collectors, and he gave his life to Christ. It's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. Can we just say Jesus is beautiful? Jesus is beautiful. Right? And, and so forgiveness is available, but it takes at least two to reconcile. And sometimes you need three, right? 
like a good person in your church that knows how to hold people during trauma or that they could actually bring in a pastor or a therapist to help. So it takes at least two, maybe three or four, to help, but not to shame. We don't do public shaming. This is where Jesus starts telling people, get the rocks out of your hands. So, get the rocks out of your hands and out of your skull. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Amen. It's so, been a long time since I've been up here. I like feeling a little. Yeah. But that was fun dancing. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, good. I, if you're new here, um, we really work hard to uh, create an environment where you don't feel scared, stupid, or afraid. Um, but we've probably accomplished all that already. So anyway, just stick with us. We're, stick with we're, us. We're trying. We want to talk about the marriage effect. The marriage effect. Everybody say the marriage effect. Marriage effect. So we uh, just want to put this question before you all. Uh, we want you to think about marriage. See, marriage affects all of us. We've all been affected by marriage, whether we're married or not. We've had marriages that are in our life or have been in our life, friends, whatever, family members. So we just want you to think for a moment. You can pull out your phone and make yourself a note or write on those little uh, sticky notes that are on your tables if you're near a table. Uh, we want you to put down five marriages that have impacted you. Five marriages that have impacted you in your life. Now the impact could be like this. 42 and a half years, um, only to be preceded by the people that together we've been married 165. Yes. Before the two of them passed. And, um, and so we've been impacted by Don and Jewel. Yep. And Dick and Pat. Yeah. When I um, told my mom, Claire and I were 18, when I told my mom that uh, Claire and I were going to get married, you know, when you're 18, you do things little different generally um, and you're proud of that usually and I was proud of this moment it was my older brother's wedding and we thought that's a great time to announce we were getting married we thought everybody would be excited um, my mom's comment at that point was you'll get married to Claire over my dead body so welcome that was a rough to the start. family it was a rough start it was a little rough start. And then yeah. his dad wouldn't speak to me for the four months we were engaged um, until the rehearsal dinner night. And he said, you can call me dad. And I'm like, I got one of those. You had turned 19 and you were more mature than me. And, and, <laughs> and, and we will say that Scott's mom and dad and my mom and dad are all in heaven. Um, and at six months... Your dad said, you made it. I didn't give you yeah, six months. Yeah, he apologized months. to us after six months. He said, I didn't think you were going to make it. Then he really kind of had a celebration of 10 years. He's like, you know, you really made it. And my mom got to enjoy our marriage before she passed away for 40 years, before her prophecy came true. But we ended up having a great relationship with my mom. Some dad. people don't get your humor. Honey. No, they don't. I, I thought I was really edited on that. I Come on, let's let's have a hand clap for Scott. <laughs> what went on in my head and what came out of my mouth was a lot different. Mm -hmm. 
And, and those of you that know, know my mom, knew my mom, and uh, you know that my mom and I were really close, so absolutely loved and my mom. And she liked me, too. She absolutely loved Claire. It took Claire. several years. Yes. Right? And I honestly, in hindsight, really, I think that was more about me. Like, if your 18-year-old son comes up, I just want to believe this. Sean, it was about me, wasn't it? <laughs> Don't let him lie up here. He's the third. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. What's, right, the, right. Next, what's the next slide? <laughs> Did you guys write those names down? Do you have yeah. your, do you have your five, five, have five, your, five, five marriages that have impacted you. Five marriages that have impacted you. And you know, our marriage and our parents' marriages were not perfect. Anybody know if you're married 67 years and 56, you might have a story or two, right? And then 42 as well. So we're not, we're not standing up here saying 165 years of marital bliss, right? Has anybody been married more than 30 seconds? Like life, marriage does make you holy and doesn't always make you happy, according to Gary Thomas. So we just want to say we're still being made holy. And you're like, oh, you better work harder on that, Scott. I mean, on me. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's recorded. Go ahead. <laughs> no editing that out this week for those little clips that come online. Oh, yeah. Let's Samuel's keep it in sitting there. here. He's putting Samuel, that in Samuel, keep clip. it in, I man. Know, I know. So here, here's what I know. <laughs> um, marriages that have inspired us, impacted us, made us um, want to be holy mm -hmm. um, have also included the marriages that of people we deeply love that have had a really hard way to go. And that is the story of marriage, too. They brought two in, three in. There was no reconciling. There were not two reconcilers in the story. And you have those folks, too, in your life that you loved both of them and you never imagined and then there are others that you thought from the very beginning, they're not going to make it. They need two or three or four people to help right now before they even say I do, right? And, and it's not shaming because we were 18 and 19. What in the world? Or as my granddaughter Kirsten says, what the world? You know, what the world? We knew nothing about adulting, Right? And so I want to say that there's no shame wherever you are in this story. Just know that there is a way for us to open to the grace of God on this day. And that if the church isn't a healing house for all of us, whatever state we're in, it's really not the church. Jesus is like, you guys are having some relational stuff. Come on, Gentiles, tax collectors, everybody move right up front. You're the people. I'm going to your house today. And I just want to say to us, whatever the five marriages that impacted you, um, th that includes for me uh, when I was a, a little girl, uh, someone that I love very deeply went through divorce, and I loved those two adult people very, very much. And I was not able to continue relationship with one of them because of my love for the other one of them. And I 
as an adult, I now get it. I, I feel sad for all of us. That, that's sad, right? And how does God want us to live into the reality, reality of Chardin's quote? The physical structure of the universe is love. The whole physical structure of the universe is love, which means we need love in whatever state we're in today, every, including us. We need love. We need the love of God. Listen to this wonderful psalm again that we opened this, this service up with. Lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the compassionate one may come in. Who is the compassionate one? The beloved, strong, and steadfast. The beloved, firm, and sure. Lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the compassionate one may come in. Who is the compassionate one? The beloved. Heart of your heart, life of your life, this is the compassionate one. This is the compassionate one. I want to lift up my head. I have a lot of ancient things in me now at 61 years old, and however old you are, you have some ancient things too. And when we're invited to lift up our head, right, we are invited like this. These ancients might keep you from opening yourself to the compassionate one. If I'm living in my ancient history, I might not be able to lift up my head to the compassionate one. I don't know what your gates or ancient doors are. You heard my first story from my little childhood self, right? And I have stories of, of, you know, 67 years, 57 years, this many years, that many years of either um, the lifting up of our heads in ways that gave us the freedom to choose not to stay in the ancient way. See, when we have ancient doors and gates, it's to protect ourselves, right? We have habits of thinking and feeling and doing. And then we have to decide, are these ancient ways helping me now? Are they helping me now? I, I, or, or are they ancient and they need to be put away? Like some ancient structures need to be rebuilt. Other structures need to be demolished. It's really true. I know that sounds pretty something. So to transform and receive healing, we must open our ancients. So can you just say, I want to open my ancient ways. I want to open up, right? Open up. Mm -hmm. I want to renew my closed mind. Mm -hmm. I want to open my armored heart. Mm -hmm. And I want to soften my defended body. Mm -hmm. Because I have stories that could keep me from hoping. Yeah. I have stories that could keep me from hoping, that could keep me locked and closed and armored and defended. Oh, God, will you transform and heal all of our ancients, all these ancient ways in us? I was with my daughter-in-law, uh, Libby, and we were having a conversation about a particular club that didn't make a way 
for families to be defined in a way that her friend needed to be welcomed into this place. She was a divorced young woman, and um, so they wouldn't give her the family pass because there weren't two parents. And I said, is this 1950 where we're supposed to stay with people who abuse us? I don't think it is, friends. This is a time where we're getting to know brain science, where we want to get people the help they need to recover their lives and not stay in places that are dangerous for them to stay. And I say that with fear and trembling, uh, and I feel very much under the grace of God to tell you that. That there are ways that God wants to say, there's some ancient things that have kept you bound in situations that are not helpful for you. And, and you need two or three or maybe four people to come alongside you to help you discern God's grace in your life. Where is God taking me now? Not according to my ancient rendition of what is what, but according to the way, the pattern of Jesus all through the Gospels, the way Jesus was with people in pain. And I will tell you, you don't demolish something unless you've already gone to help get the second person and the third and the fourth to help you out. Like, be resilient. Don't give up. Ask someone for help. Ask for help. There's help. I just want you to know Scott and I are for you, and we will help you. Our pastoral staff, we are for you. Amen. We will help you. We will not leave you out there not knowing where to go and what to do. And, and we'll give you every recommendation. We won't do things that are not in our skill set. We're not therapists. We're not going to therapize you. But we know lots of Holy Ghost-filled people that can help in all the ways so that you can discern what are the ancient things that are keeping you locked and what is the freedom that Christ is opening up for you to live a life the way that David Benner says it. Love has its origins in the character of the triune God, where perfect love is shared within a sacred community of three. Love, by its very nature, always reaches out. Rather than to be content with the circle of love within the Godhead, God reached out to create so that others could enter this sphere of intimacy and be warmed by divine love. God wasn't even content with just triune, trinity. Like, there was a way of reaching out. You are not alone, and neither are your friends or those you're praying for, wherever they are on the journey of having been broke, you know, broken hearts, broken minds, broken bodies. God is able, and I believe that with every cell in my body. God is able to meet us where we are. In the beginning was the relationship, is the way Martin Buber, great theologian, uh, interpreted. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Genesis 126 is where we find that we are all made in God's image, and we're made for relationships. And, and the two shall become one flesh, and then... Our definition that we hold here at Crossroads is when I break relationship with God, neighbor, and self. That's the definition of sin. 
Like we could give you give you a list of what our we think the you know the old sins, the new sins, the blue sins, <laughs> the you know, the true sins. Because we could have that conversation too, couldn't we? And you see it on Facebook. This is a sin, and they cannot take communion here anymore. That is not Jesus. That's trauma talking. That's trauma and not having experienced the grace of God in your own life to know that the grace of God is always going, come on, all you Gentiles and tax collectors, (laughs) of which I am chief. When I break relationship with God, neighbor, and self, that's where the break happens, right? And that's, the break is always the invitation to come back. The break is not the invitation to disappear. It's like if I've broken relationship with Scott, and every day, at least once a day, I say something like, Lord have mercy, Scott have mercy, Lord have mercy, you know? It's a regular rhythm for me to ask for mercy. Yeah. Because I need mercy. Yeah. Me too. I just thought I'd add that. So everybody take a breath before you read that. Take a breath. Yeah. Wherever you are on this day, God is here. Right here with us. Yes. Ever living to intercede for us. Mm. You have an intercessor. You have a great cloud of witnesses praying for you and your people on this day. So can we all just say thank you, God, in whatever way, God, wherever I am, I want to open to love. I want to open. I want to have an open mind and heart and undefended body where you lead me. And will you show me where to get healing Mm -hmm. for all the places that need your tender care? And just even take a breath right now because you might be thinking about a particular memory or story and just breathe in the grace of God right here. And allow your loving kindness to join in with God's loving kindness for yourself here. We do not receive a spirit of fear or shame or guilt. We reject all those evils in Jesus' name. And we receive your loving kindness, the tender mercy of God. And we participate and show ourselves kindness in this moment. Whatever it was, oh God, you meet us right here with a new morning mercy. Now let's have fun. All right. Let's do it. All right. Come on. Let's have fun. Everybody say, let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. All right. So here's your next assignment. This will be your last assignment for the day. So we want you to list five things. If you were single, if you're not single, imagine you're single. And you went on eHarmony.com or something like DonutsForDudes.com. (laughs) about why you would be a great marriage partner, all right? Think about it. Why would you be a great marriage partner? Sketch it down, write it on the pad, 
Top five reasons. You're not, you're not gonna turn these in, at least not to Nobody us. knows. Your top five. Top like, five just reasons. Just think about how cool you are. Put it on there. Top five. Come on. The I am's where you actually reflect the image of God in all the ways. Top five. If you don't know, I bet somebody near you will tell you. All right. Now, now that you have those top five, I want you to pass your device or your sheet over to the person next to you. We're going to have them see if they agree. No, only kidding. We're not going to do that. We did it. And we came up with our top five. But you're not going to see it this week. you got to wait till next week. I want you to come with the top five reasons that you could be in a relationship and offer someone else grace. The top five desires you have that you believe you and God together could bring to someone in this world. List the top five. And then all week long, have God help you... Um, uh, because this is not going to be about marriage. Nobody, we're not turning this into eHarmony or anything like that. There's something we're all going to learn from this reality, friends, whether we're single or married or divorced, whether we're, um, we're, we're wherever we are on the healing journey of our relationships. Because, you know, I, we've heard so many people say, I don't know if this person is the right one. And years ago we said, I want to become the one that can be connected to a person who wants to become the one mm -hmm. so that we can become one, right? Yeah. And then there are people who are called not to be married. They are called to become one, even as your Father in heaven and Jesus are one. We are called to be oneed, O-N-E apostrophe D, with God. And so, let's stand together. We talked about, do we really want to teach on marriage? Because not everybody's married. People have lots of story around these things. Is this even a story for church? Is this anything? And we feel like, because all of us have been impacted by those five couples, that we've all got some work with the Holy Spirit to do. We've all got a bit to talk to Jesus about. And there might be something that comes up from each of those couples that you named, whether it was a broken-hearted relationship or a relationship that inspired you to not just love this neighbor, but these neighbors as yourself. Yeah. So let's stand together. Oh, Holy Spirit, blow through these ancient temples. And blow out the dust within. Come and breathe your breath upon us that we would be born again. That we would be rebirthed into a way that opens the way to be one with you and one with our brothers and sisters. Oh, Holy Spirit, we don't want to rely on the arm of the flesh. 
We want to rely on your spirit first, but we also want to rely on the two and the three and the four that will help us heal and be strengthened and empowered to love in ways that we've never known before, whether within a marriage or not in a marriage. We want to experience being made holy. Oh, God, make us holy and whole. We all have story that you could take and mold and reconstruct and remove walls and bridges. And Oh, God, you are able to do more than we could ever ask or think. Thank you for loving us so well. Thank you for loving us through Jesus and that Jesus, you incarnated the way to love. Every time we look at you, we see a way to grow in love. Would you teach us? Would you teach us that we wouldn't have closed minds and armored hearts and defended bodies, but that we would say, oh God, I want to be vulnerable to your love so that I know what love really is here and there. I want to be able to open my life to a few people that will help me experience love in ways that you and I have been talking about. And all the prayers that are being prayed in this room, all the memories that are in this room, would you meet us with your loving kindness? And would you teach us how to show tender kindness to ourselves all week long as we say, this is not about eHarmony.com. This is about how am I growing in one with you and those you're calling me to reach. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your living in me and I I'm desperate for you
scriptures that you are the breath. You are the breath of life. Breathe on us. Breathe on us, oh breath of God. Teach us how to allow loving kindness and mercy and tenderness to heal our souls. Jesus, I, I love you. says, anyone who asks, it will be given. Anyone who asks for the Holy Spirit, you won't receive something else. I'm asking for your Holy Spirit. Would you fill us afresh for the sake of love? you just say something true to God like I want to let you love me or thank you for loving me I want to learn to love you more so that I can grow in love Jesus' name. Amen. 